Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about evolution in SEO. Even more, we are going to cover topics related to occupation, SEO occupation, how to evolve from SEO manager to SEO product manager or anything else. Because today, jack of all trades, master of none, especially in SEO, you can't know everything. It's impossible to know everything. But if you have a great team, you can achieve great results. I'm so excited discuss this topic with Wanda Pokis. How are you? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, big pleasure. Wanna learn more? I love to speak with specialists, people who know about SEO, who can share something new, their experience. Wanda, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure, maybe I can tell you a little bit about my journey, how uh, I became senior SEO product manager. Basically, I am in this position, uh, well, as SEO product manager for maybe the last one and a half years. I am senior for the last one year. Now, prior to that, I actually uh, started my career in SEO about four years ago. And uh, for the first few months, I was actually kind of in the outreach scene, you know, so a little bit of like backlink building with a PR approach. So kind of started where I think many SEOs start out. But later, because uh, I'm working for, you know, very big platform, basically, I was able to move a little bit more analytical and technical topics so like indexation crawling management and so on uh, so basically i did for a long time a bit of a mix of on page off page and technical seo for in-house uh, actually maybe mainly focusing on our hungarian platform at the beginning i am hungarian originally and uh, that's why i was hired there but this changed a lot in the last one and a half years uh, when things, we shook up things a little bit. And basically, about one and a half years ago, my team, including myself, we moved to the product and engineering department before we were part of marketing, as I think often the case with SEO teams sitting there. Uh, and also, I am no longer tied to a market. Um, I have to say, before becoming a SEO product manager, I had a few touch points with, for example, developers and product owners, but not a lot because it was also mainly the team leads from the SEO team back in the days who were kind of uh, communicating with product and engineering. But during my first year, let's say, as a SEO product manager, I had the chance to actually work in an interim role as interim product owner of our front-end team. And here I learned an awful lot about working with engineers, working with product owners, and this really helped me kind of uh, achieve where I am today, where I'm driving multiple, you know, product improvements. And yeah, so I'm happy to be here, both in the role and here chatting with you today. <laughs> nice. Love it. Love your experience. Awesome experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that Hungarian, uh, it's very hard language. I mean, like a uh, complex language. I don't remember exactly the rating, but it's like uh, in the first or second place of the most complex languages in the world. So yeah, yeah. interesting about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Vanda, uh, you mentioned about PR. Let's talk about that uh, because the last time I uh, combined my 
link building, white hat link building with PR campaigns. We use press releases uh, to get these uh, links, uh, authoritative links, uh, mentions, and we got uh, uh, mention on CNN a few days ago. That was good uh, mention. Uh, we wrote great press release. Uh, and uh, can you tell uh, how this experience can help you with uh, existing uh, your position? I mean, like uh, product manager, because uh, I saw from personal experience when SEO specialists have background in journalism, uh, they usually see in another angle. It's not like uh, com uh, to have common checklist. They can feel it like uh, how to satisfy user intent and help more. So can you tell how PR can help you uh, in existing position? <laughs> sure. I mean, um... That's a very interesting question. I would definitely say the communication aspect of it. So when I started again for the first few months, bear in mind, I didn't have a journalism background or anything. I was straight out of my master's degree in digital marketing. And I think the, the language and the master uh, digital marketing masters helped me to kind of land this role. Still, I think in that last the first few months, I really improved my you know communication skills from the perspective of how to uh, talk to people that, first of all, I don't know, but I want something from them, you know, or I am offering something uh, to them, which I hope that they, they will want. And nowadays, when I am talking, you know, with, uh, with uh, the product team or product owners or whatever, uh, I also need to make sure that they understand that, you know, what I am offering them, so to say, what I want them to do uh, is also benefit to them. Uh, so that's definitely um, one side of it. Otherwise, I have to say that um, as part of my role and in the SEO team for a while now, we actually are not uh, doing a sort of a PR outreach. The reason being that we actually shared this responsibility with our content team where we have sitting colleagues who are, can give a little bit more care, as you said, really white hat, you know, truly inspirational, helpful content. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I have to say it's uh, to kind of answer your question properly. It's definitely the communication aspect that helped me. And I think we, this will come back a few times during our discussion, how important communication and, and open communication is uh, in my role. Yeah, nice, nice. Great, great. Okay, Wanda, let's talk about uh, SEO management. Uh, can you tell how uh, to be successful in this position? Because, for example, uh, many years ago, 12 years ago, uh, when I started my online journey, I hired uh, a few SEO specialists who, uh, and all of them were responsible for almost everything to write, copy to submit this copy to drop pictures <laughs> uh, even to buy backlinks you know many years ago yeah mm -hmm. that worked well worked well google changed <laughs> the policy many times uh, updated and today yeah uh, we pay attention to white hat seo uh, and uh, today it's impossible to create content to submit to create design to develop yeah you, you Today, we need to have a team even more. For example, uh, I had a team of copywriters in one time, but uh, I fired all this team. 
okay, Google helped me to find this team, you know. Uh, sorry, guys, but, you know, uh, today I cooperate with uh, specialists who know the topic. For example, if we, uh, if we are going to cover about crypto, you need to have experience with crypto trading. If you uh, want to create an article about weight loss, you need to have experience how to lose yeah. weight, how to teach people to lose weight. Uh, and uh, can you tell how you handle the team of specialists to create great content and promote this content? Yes, so uh, sure. I mean, my role as an SEO product manager, and that depends on which components I'm working on, but one thing, for example, currently we are also looking into uh, automatization of content. So I am working also on that type of content creation together with our content team, as you say, the specialists. Um, and the way to handle it is, to be honest, my role is to create, is to provide consultancy based on data, uh, mm -hmm. based on my SEO knowledge. That means that, for example, I tell my content managers, hey, here is a list of URLs. This is where I need, this is the topic what I need uh, content for. Uh, and then our uh, content managers are, of course, already trained in the basics, right, of having proper uh, H1, H2 tags and so on. So, of course, in their onboarding, it's also important that they are uh, knowledgeable on how to write content that is helpful for the user, but that also covers basic SEO needs. So uh, in this case, it's a more consultational approach. In, in a product uh, sort of work where I have a component, a feature, for example, which I am working on improving, I usually have a set product team. Now, this product team is usually made up of, you know, myself, the product manager, then a UX uh, designer, a UX researcher, if we are lucky, uh, product mm -hmm. owner and developers and so on. So that's a much closer collaboration in that sense. Then we are truly working as sort of a, a, a team who has maybe weekly meetings, etc. Then it's about, for example, content creation. I am, as an SEO product manager, more in a consultant role and providing data. Okay, let's talk about collecting the right data. You know, what, what I usually see, uh, when uh, small companies copy big companies like Apple, like Amazon. And for example, if you open apple.com, you can see only iPhone, nothing mm -hmm. else. You know, just iPhone with a few quotes like make difference. I don't remember exactly quotes, they can change them. But uh, the main point uh, that Apple knows, the audience knows about Apple iPhone from many blogs, reviews. So they don't need to submit a lot of data information. Uh, but they only submit nice looking picture, uh, a few quotes, uh, and uh, even more, you need to uh, scroll and search on the website to find features. If mm. I open Amazon page, any page, I can find almost everything from uh, top funnel to bottom funnel, everything, you know, reviews, pictures, videos, text, anything about the product. And I'm interested how to find the balance between Amazon content that sells a billion products and Apple that sells a few products, uh, but uh, the audience knows these products. And uh, I don't think that Apple needs to submit all this information mm. because it might confuse more than help. But 
copy Amazon, it doesn't mean that uh, it will work because when you have a lot more information that customers need, it might confuse as well. That's why we have this bounce rate is high. So mm -hmm. can you tell how to provide the right data? You mentioned a few times that you can help with submitting data, but how to choose important data and skip the rest? Yeah. Uh, this is actually very interesting because for one of my uh, current works, we are we managed with experimentation to validate something, you know, which leads to good KPI improvements. But at the time, we are at the same time we are very afraid of SEO implications because we are afraid of cutting important information data, basically from you know the user, which could lead to good rankings, etc. The, the way we go about it, we actually uh, carried out, you know, um, research or data analysis on what are the most important uh, type of information, because Latin cell is also a product comparison site, so it's a perfect example with, with, with uh, Amazon, etc. Uh, we, for example, were able to identify that for us, gender, color, uh, is very important. Those those URLs are performing better for us, uh, for example, in the search engines. Uh, so it's it's all about identifying what is important for your users. Uh, so this is kind of the, the the data aspect, and of course you can use various tools for that, right? Like uh, Search Console or external uh, ones as well. Uh, that that is one important aspect. Limited. Not everything can be important, and that's why it's also very important that you are well aware of your target market. Right? You need to make sure what is important for your target market. Another aspect is actually qualitative data. Talking to your users, doing surveys, doing interviews. You know, not just data analysis or doing a competitor research. This is all going a little bit under product discovery, which is a very new focus in Simon SEO product manager. Um, so, so it comes down to qualitative and quantitative data, like kind of pick your fighter. I think doing both is best. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, uh, creating the right content with quality of data. For example, uh, I mentioned about Apple. Let's keep, uh, <laughs> explaining about Apple, uh, uh for, when, um, Tim Cook, uh, shared on presentation about new Apple watch. Yeah. After that, I bought three pairs for me, for my son, for my wife, because these guys can kill me, you know, if I buy only for myself. <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh, I bought this Apple Watch because of getting the feeling that this gadget can help me, can support me, can simplify my life, can decide my problems, many things. And Tim Cook didn't share features of this Apple Watch. He shared three stories, how Apple Watch can decide problems of different people. So, and uh, I got this feeling I need to have this gadget. I want to have the same experience. Um, and uh, what I usually see when companies submit a lot of features, but your competitors might have the same features and uh, it doesn't create this feeling of owning or, or having something. Can you tell how to use quality data, but create descriptions, text, or any information that can create the feeling of uh, owning some products. Of uh, of owning them or? Uh... Yeah, having them, yeah. owning, I mean, like anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I do have to say that I think we still need to work on, we're not on the level of Apple yet. 
So we also need to work on that. But I think, again, the most important, and you, you said it yourself very well, it's, it's, you have the feeling it solves a problem for you. We need to understand what we like. What a product is supposed to do is like it, it doesn't make sense to just list a bunch of features if if it's actually supposed to make give a feeling of belonging, for example, to someone. You know, a, a social belonging, for example. So we need to see: Are we like targeting sort of a functional need? Are we uh, targeting a sort of emotional need? And of course, we need to to shape to that. To understand that, of course, we well maybe need to talk to partly to users. Partly, it's about branding a little bit as well, right? Uh, which is not really an SEO thing, but we need to understand what we want our our um, product to convey. Uh, but I think the most important is to understand like the actual problem we are trying to solve, which doesn't always need to be a problem, to be honest. It's not necessarily that you have, uh, you know, you have a problem because you broke your watch and now you need a new one. It can be just that, you know, it's a, it's a nice to have. But, uh, but the main thing is that to truly understand what are, firstly, what is, our, what we want our products to, you know, convey and, yeah. or to stand for. And secondly, what we, what, you know, the user's needs are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, I want to ask about uh, satisfying uh, human being and search engines. You know, it's interesting that uh, 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 many years ago, I didn't uh, think to satisfy users because we created content for search engines. Google ran well, we sold a lot of products. But the main reason, because competition was low. Today, it's not mm. the same. For example, when we paid five ten cent per click, we need, today we pay like five ten dollars per click, a hundred time, times more. It's not because uh, Google or Facebook decided to increase the price because competitors are willing to pay this money. So we need to find uh, another way or to pay this money to sell products. Um, I'm interested about how to create content that can help users but satisfy search engines because uh, I often see when someone can share, uh, you need to think about human being, uh, forget about search engines. I don't know uh, if it works, probably for someone, but I think if you think about both, you can get much better results. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell how to do it? <laughs> sure, I mean, uh, of course, it's, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how, how you can do it. However, I think the, the most important part is to understand that the search engine is also focusing on providing the best results to the user. So mm -hmm. this is why also we really need to focus on if we are providing the best possible content to the user, then this should trickle down and automatically we should technically perform better or in theory on the, SERP, uh, on the SERPs. Now, nevertheless, of course, uh, it doesn't mean that we should just push out, uh, I don't know, flowery 5,000 words essays about something that is not helpful to the, to the search engine or the user. We need to, to really target the market as well as the problem. However, we still need to, I agree with you, we need to kind of adhere to both. So first of all, we need to make sure, of course, that we are sending the right signal. So we set up properly uh, metadata, schema, um, header tags, whatever there is, uh, to, to provide more information to the bot. Because we have to keep in mind, for an SEO product manager, 
the search engine bots are also users. That's why I don't say are users or bots. I say are human users or, uh -huh. you know, bots or so on. So, so yeah, sure, we need to keep to these basics, but we at the same time also need to make sure that if, for example, we are a product comparison site, then we are actually helping users uh, in their buyer journey in, in comparing products with the content that we provide. Mm -hmm. uh, Wanda, I want to ask about one aspect that it's hard to ignore today. That was simple yesterday, hard today, impossible tomorrow about AI. You know, today I can ask ChatGPT to write description about any product and I can get it for a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, once I spoke with Jeff Goyle, uh, he's co-founder of Market News, one of the best uh, software as a service products uh, in AI. Uh, and uh, he told me in the future, we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI. The second company will implement AI. And the third company will be obsolete. So <laughs> uh, I think uh, I agree. I agree we need to implement or develop. I don't know how to develop. That's why I usually implement. <laughs> but I want to ask you how you use ChatGPT or any other AI tool today to help you uh, with creating great and high quality content. Hmm. Very good question. I actually got crazy about ChatGPT recently, mm -hmm. relatively recently. Maybe I was already a little bit late to the train, but uh, I have to say that, to be honest, I am using ChatGPT mostly to help with my analysis, for example. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing for providing me with complex formulas and stuff that I would research for hours. Um, and we are also working with another. AI tool. So the problem with ChatGPT for content creation for such a large platform as ours is that I do think it's a little bit difficult to scale. Um, although there might already be other, you know, uh, ChatGPT powered tools which are able to also uh, help with the scaling. So we are actually working or well testing currently out another another provider sort of. Uh, which allows us to just push in a bunch of data based on, you know, a certain setup that, that we, we planned. And it's actually able to, to scale uh, content for us. Like, so this is definitely something that is very difficult for us currently to figure out, honestly, because uh, for what we needed, which is like product descriptions, we need to provide very specific data. It's not enough to say, please create yeah. uh, content about red dresses. You know, so for such a large uh, platforms like usually e-commerce sites can be, it's still difficult to scale. But I think with the development, it's going to be very, very soon that we are able to do that seamlessly, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it takes time to adapt any technology, including ChatGPT. And you mentioned that you have a big platform, a lot of pages. Can you tell how to manage? many pages you know when i'm responsible for 10 20 pages uh, for me even having this amount of pages hard because i need to uh, for example i usually write uh, a new article like a few weeks because i have many other things to do to uh, and uh, yeah it takes time to research to analyze to spend time but when you are talking about more than 
20 pages for me it's impossible so tell me about your experience how to do it more than 20 yeah more like in the millions but uh, <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Like, I mean, this is, you know, what happens, but uh, it's interesting also to know that not all of our millions of URLs are actually on index. And that is no. because we are managing that aspect with our very own kind of uh, process. Uh, we like to call it our Coca-Cola recipe. Um, so uh, one thing is that we need to keep control over the number of URLs we are actually showing to users. Uh, to make sure that they are really quality content. You know, what quality means for you will depend on you and you need to choose your KPIs, you know, bounce rate, whatever you want. Uh, but that's the first thing. Secondly, when it comes to, for example, content creation, where we are currently actually wanting to create more content on our, on our pages, uh, this is where it comes to what, what you also mentioned, I think, at the beginning, like uh, one SEO cannot do everything. This is where yeah. Teamverse comes in. So I do this part. I, I do, for example, I provide you with the data, then content, you know, some co create some content manually, some of it hopefully in the future automated. But automation is a big point anyway for such a large platform. Like we are constantly working with our developers when it comes to, for example, internal linking as well. We cannot have really, we, we have very minimal manual um, efforts because it's just impossible on such a large scale. We need yeah. to build solutions. Yeah, I think automation is very important, especially uh, about internal linking. Uh, actually, I found WordPress plugin a few days ago that can help a lot with that. So because we usually uh, share the task to copywriters to create this interlinking, but this plugin is amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll submit this plugin in the description below. So uh, yeah, that's a good plugin. And um, Wanda, I want to ask you about uh, one element of content that I feel it's more important than any other, writing, texting, you know, because uh, Google scans text. And uh, if you can't write great text, uh, other elements, design, pictures, photos, videos can't help. No, so you need to have this high quality text uh, can you tell for example if you check out uh, writing for your product pages uh, where are you usually pay more attention uh, what kind of writing you can accept from your writers and uh, or probably you can share your brief or explanation to them what kind of writing are you expecting to get mm -hmm. Yes, um, right now, actually, because, you know, we are, we, we kind of changed uh, our brand focus a little bit uh, in the past year or so as well. And we really want to be this kind of shopping advisor to, to users. So mm -hmm. that's definitely one thing. Like we have a bunch of content we are actually currently either removing or reworking, planning to re rework because they are very obviously created for the search engine. You know, mm -hmm. they are short, they are like just a general description about red dresses, but nothing special that is actually providing real information, useful information to the user. So it's, it's literally that, like have a certain word count, for example, of course, make sure that it is actually helping the user compare or find what they are looking for. We like to say, find their favorites. Um, and of course, still for example 
H2s. So in, in certain pages, URLs where we have uh, right contents, like on our category pages, for example, we already have a H1 that is basically the title of this category page. So often the often there are synonyms or other, you know, uh, very highly closely relevant keywords, which we just cannot include in the H1. So we need it in a H2. But if we don't have content or H2s, but if we don't have content, it's very difficult. So that's our, our basically our, our three things kind of make sure it is actually useful for the user, include proper keywords. Still, it's very important. It's still not gone, even though we are moving more towards intent. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like have like a proper kind of structure and length basically. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm interested how you handle duplicate content. If you have mm. a lot of pages, I think you have a lot of <laughs> such pages. So, uh, how, uh, yeah, your solutions, how to decide this issue. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a pro bit of a issue for us. We are managing, we, we, we have it under control, but it's, it's actually a bit of a problem because we have, you can imagine on an e-commerce site, we have, for example, certain, uh, like styles, which may be like dresses, uh, let's say leather dresses, but we also have a filter for leather. So I don't know, dresses in leather. So this is exactly where the duplicate content issue comes in. Currently, we are managing it in a way that we actually just do not allow certain certain filters to be indexed. But this mm -hmm. is not a sustainable solution or something that we want to keep. We are kind of in a transformation right now, moving to the cloud and so on. And we are hoping that actually this issue will be solved. On the other hand, we, of course, also have canonicalization in place as well, but that's also automatized for us based on uh, tied to sort of our indexation management logic. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's hard to reply uh, with the same solution for all each cases. Very yeah, platform relevant, yes. Yeah. Okay, Wanda, uh, I'm interested about common mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, but... I, I learned from them. I remember when Shaquille O'Neal said about mistakes, he doesn't feel that mistakes are mistakes. He can feel it's like a part of learning because when he starts something new, you know, uh, he usually uh, fails. Uh, and I fail, Shaquille O'Neal fails. Everyone can fail because uh, we don't know uh, how we can, how it works in the beginning because we start from best practices, generic strategies, then we can adapt, uh, go ahead, find something that will work for us. So Wanda, can you list mistakes that webmasters still do and your tips how to avoid them and find something else? <laughs> sure. Um, I, I really like what you said. It's all about failing, failing fast. Uh, one mistake I make is that I am a bit of a perfectionist, so I probably don't fail fast enough sometimes, but uh, mm -hmm. I do certainly fail. Um, I'm trying to think of my recent uh, sort of projects, and uh, there was definitely a, a sort of transition period as I became, you know, as your product manager and started driving these kind of bigger, uh, bigger product improvement uh, works. And for example, one problem for me in my current component was that it was not only me, but another SEO product manager. We had a shared ownership at the beginning about this project, which led to actually the whole product team not having an idea who is the real leader in this team, who is leading this. 
And this yeah. was very, very uh, painful actually for a bit because I could feel that the team is not happy, the progress is not being made that fast and so on. Later, the way we, we solved it, we actually realized, okay, this is shared ownership is not working in this case. There are cases where it, it does work. Uh, so I became uh, the lead of this product uh, team and started crazy, like, you know, planning, having a project plan in place, roles and responsibilities defined, communication plan defined, expectations and so on. And, I, and not in a micromanagement way, in a way that also the, the, the rest of the team could approve it, you know, then we all agreed upon it. And after everybody needs to hold themselves to it. So it's, it's a then it becomes a different type of shared ownership, which then took a lot of pressure off my shoulders, for example, you know, that everybody was working towards a common goal, which leads me to another uh, sort of fail. Um, basically not defining as an SEO product manager or product manager or in general, not defining your problem, not understanding what you are working towards. Like yeah. uh, I, I had this uh, recently and it, I mean, okay, we had a common goal in the team of what we are working towards, of course, but it took a while for us to actually on paper define a problem statement, which meant I got an awful lot of stakeholder questioning, which was like, okay, we need to figure this out. So at the end, we just needed to sit back down together, have a clear problem definition. There are so many good frameworks out there that you can also use to help you formulate um, and then share it with all the stakeholders. And, and this project plan I told you about as well and all the right documentation is, is, is definitely needed. Uh, you know, it's, it's good, good to be organized while staying agile, of course. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think it's important to have the right communication to explain in simple way, you know, to transfer data that people understand because, um, I often see this issue when hard explanation can confuse and people just ignore, uh, and yeah, the process stays in one place. Okay. Wanda, uh, let's talk about pressure. You mentioned that you have this pressure on your shoulder. <laughs> I'm interested about that because, uh, I think, yeah, uh, I think everyone has any pressure, you know, uh, but we need to overcome it, to go ahead uh, and tell your methods how to stay positive, how to have the smile that you have right now, <laughs> smiling all the time. And uh, interested about that because um, the last time I started to learn more about mentality, about longevity, about many other things. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, because I think if your job is not enjoying if you don't enjoy the process it's better to find another job yeah because we have one life you know and uh, just uh, suffer all the time it's not a good solution uh, i think so because you know once i started the project because of chasing money i felt that I could earn a lot of money with this project. I invested my resources. I hired a team of specialists. Th three years, three years, I hated Monday and loved Friday. Then I quit. I gave up. I told never, never, I will never take any project if I suffer, if I don't enjoy the process. So tell about how you overcome pressure on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's cliche, but I think it's important that you are doing something that you are truly passionate about, you know, and that you have a feeling of ownership over. I am 
a person who thrives off of feedback as well. Like uh, luckily, a lot of positive feedback comes in my way, but I also really enjoy, you know, a learning opportunity. So, for example, uh, I, I think if I if I reached a wall where I felt like in my role or in my project I am not able to grow further, for me that would be a big uh, big no. So uh, I, I need to make sure that I am constantly in an environment and I try to do this um, by, by getting involved in more than one thing. You know, I am in an experimentation task force, which is out of my team and, you know, I am on multiple projects. I'm trying to be always in an environment where I have an aspect of growing. Another thing is about surrounding with yourself, uh, with people, you know, who in my, I also enjoy supporting people. So it's for me, it's not about people who support me, but also people that I can support. Um, and, and this is why I really enjoy now this sort of lateral leadership role, which is, uh, which is what product management is. You're always working with a team and you, you can, you know, share the successes with people. So it, this is, of course, all very personal to me, but I love, you know, being surrounded by a good team, uh, continuously learning. Uh, the SEO industry is anyway extremely good if you, if you like to be part of a community, especially since I am going a little bit on conferences and stuff, I realize, wow, it's such great people and so many learning opportunities. And uh, it's, it's really something that, uh, that kind of, creates this passion in me for for my job now if this passion would be gone that that would be a different a uh, little bit of a different question um nice. yeah love it love it i couldn't agree more you know you need to have passion yeah it's like for example uh, i love playing basketball you know i love basketball i can spend time uh, a lot of time on basketball uh, and i'm not waiting when someone will pay money for my passion yeah, and I think it's the same issue we need to have with our jobs. You know, you need to love it. If you, uh, it, it's not about money. It's about uh, loving the process. Money will come. If you passion, then you can overwork your competitors and money will come in the end. Uh, absolutely. Okay, Vanda. Uh, you know, I found that I usually get great results with clients who understand SEO. If they understand, then we can cooperate like uh, a cohesive team. But if they don't, usually tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, Alex Makura, uh, Mike Phillips, Chelsea Alves, Bernard Huang, many great experts. It costs like $20, not a lot. Uh, or go to Google, YouTube, it doesn't matter. Just find knowledge and learn, understand the basic. Mm. Then. We can cooperate like a cohesive team. We can understand each other, why we need to create high quality content, uh, why it's important to have website speed, uh, uh, why we need to use Whitehead SEO. Uh, let's imagine if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in SEO. What will you do to learn more about SEO? <laughs> um, with my... Okay, it's difficult because do I have the current knowledge about the resources? <laughs> well, I, but what I really love learning from is podcasts, for example. Actually, I feel it's so digestible. It can, yes, I would definitely take a small course for sure, like go to Udemy or whatever. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know other courses. Definitely do a small course if this is what I wanted to get into. 
but I would definitely also just listen to the industry things. Like I learned so much from just going to the grocery store and, and listening to podcasts in my ear, you know, interesting things that I actually wouldn't really find in Google or uh, because I'm not searching for that specifically, you know, I don't know what they are going to talk about. So yes, we we'll definitely start with a little course, but after I would immerse myself as much as I can. Uh, and I have to say, there's also like a super cool community called Women in Tech SEO. And I'm also a part of that since a few months. And I've been also able to really ask questions there. And there's a lot of people who are new to the SEO industry or who just want to, you know, kind of get into it. So communities, uh, podcasts, and some course that would be a mix probably. Yeah, nice, nice. You know, I usually tell to anyone, find your loving format. It doesn't matter what kind of format you have. Books, podcasts, YouTube videos. For example, uh, Ferry Kazoni told me uh, he enjoys watching videos today. He has this huge PR agency in the UK. Someone can tell books are the best. Okay, if it works for you, just learn. But learn it <laughs> and act, you know, because you can uh learn but if you do nothing you get nothing if you uh feel that you know i see when best practices you need to read blog posts if you don't like this format skip it you can find other great formats uh don't create this pressure you know because uh, it's hard to remember what you learn and wanda my last question about the future you know once jeff bezos say that Amazon will be bankrupt in one day, uh, but today we need to procrastinate this process, uh, he told uh, to his team. Uh, and I often see when uh, uh, specialists can tell SEO will never uh, be there. I disagree. I think everything, everything has the end, including SEO. But it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. And marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. I think uh, if you have the right knowledge in SEO, it's not only how to get ranking positions. It's more about how to create high quality content, how to increase website speed, how to earn uh, links that bring traffic as well. Because if you care only about backlinks to satisfy Google, it's not working. But if you think that you can create brand awareness to get relevant traffic, it works. So Wanda, take your crystal ball. And tell the future of ACO in five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. I do think that actually this product-led di direction is the future because if you start really looking uh, to satisfying your users and not the search engine, then you will find a way to figure out how to play along with, uh, with the new uh, SERP landscape so to say or whether it, maybe it will not even be google in 10 years maybe it will be a totally new uh, you know landscape we don't know but exactly as you said if you know how to deal with different things content whatever and you are focusing on your user then you will adopt and i agree with you i don't think that seo as a role as is it, as it is currently like with many other roles will be exactly the same in 15 years i don't think that but i think that seos are professionals who are able to adapt very well who are very knowledge seeking and i don't have a fear about you know losing jobs 
Окей, найс, фанта. It's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you. I love your experience, your valuable insights, your positive mindset. So tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Um, yeah, you can. I think LinkedIn and uh, and Twitter is is the best way. Uh, you can reach out to me. Uh, you know, on LinkedIn you find me as Vanda Pocats, on Twitter as Vanda Understash Lila. Uh, just uh, you know, reach out to me. I'm always like you know, super happy to respond to a message or whatever. Uh, totally open to that. So, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, uh, guys, you can find the links to LinkedIn, Twitter account in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights because my audience cares only about value and you know how to share value. Okay, guys, thanks a lot for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.